Blog Talk Radio. All the people, all power the people. Black power, black power. This is the chief of staff, People's Black Panther Party. Um, bringing to you our show today here. Normally, um, when we do our radio broadcast, it's our, our national chairman, Brother Yanga, and, of course, um, national directors of Operation Sister 7, giving it to you. But uh, we're going to actually diverse a little bit and in, in, in an opportunity to basically try to reach more people. And also what we've been noticing is there's a certain lack of information that needs to be brought forward to our people. So in the event of an effort of doing so, as a national chief of staff, I've been taking notes. And as a result, I'm basically – oh, I'm getting messages you can't hear me too well. Let me try this again. Okay. Hope that's any better. So basically what I'm attempting to do here is expose y'all to a little bit of additional information that is super important for us to be able to move forward as a people. So today what I want to go over is refer to uh, name of my show is The Mirror's Eye. Reflected. Let me hang up and call back so I can get a better signal. Apologize for that. Give me just a second. Please enter your host pin. When finished, press the pound key. To start your show now, press 1. Your important It appears that the host has already dialed into the show. Only one host is allowed per show. All power to people. This is National Chief of Staff, Brother Robert War. Hopefully this, you can actually hear me now. Uh, like I was getting across here, basically what we're doing is establishing uh, more of an outreach. And so what we want to do is cover various topics to try to reach our people more, as well as what I've discovered and noticed is that there's a lot of information uh, that is not reaching our public. There are certain things that need to be more versed and brought to the public so that we can actually make sure that we have the ability and have an avenue necessary to establish empowerment. So one of the key elements that we deal with as the People's Black Panther Party for self-determination is obviously self-determination. In order to do so, we need to make sure that the people are versed in 
the different various aspects of warfare that has taken place against us that causes us to be uh, pushed in a position of oppression. So with that being stated, the topics I cover will primarily be dealing with psychological warfare, primarily dealing with the hidden areas of consciousness and how the, the mind operates and causes us to be in a position we're in. So what I want to call my show here is the mirror's eye. The, ref- the reflected empirical contradictions and perceptions on advanced agenda. Now, what does that mean? Now, dealing with things from the standpoint of advanced agenda, we have to understand and we have to know that the levels of oppression that we're facing has not been something that's just been a one-off. It is not the result of one type of method, a methodology being used against us to attack us. But what it is, it is a actual co- coerced and well-planned out and thought out methodology that is holistic in its approach. And so if we're going to have the opportunity and the chance to deal with this, we have to think outside of the box. We have to realize that we're being attacked on so many different levels. And so the first and foremost thing to be able to deal with any type of attack is first know that you're under attack. And, of course, being African and American um, in America, we understand that we are under attack. But a lot of us don't really know how deep that goes. So with that being stated, I want to travel down the serpent's den and peek inside the process of systematic uh, God complexities and reveal the values, judgments, willpowers, constructs, and morals, and uh, paradoxes we face while adapting to our oppression in hopes that um, I can deal with the exposing them and changing the course to outpace the pace of oppression. Now, why is that important when we talk about outpacing the pace of oppression? Because no matter what we do, if we are not making enough gain in terms of our operations, in terms of our methodologies, and this is not just dealing with the um, pro-black agenda or black nationalism or as we deal with dealing with from from the standpoint of uh, being self-determined, this is anything you deal with in your life. If you are not if you are not outpacing the pace at which something is overtaking you or something is defeating you, then you will not achieve your, your, end, your, end, your end desired results. So as we go into this, we have, to, we have to accept and realize as a people that what we have to be able to do is measure and analyze and critically think in terms of what is being used against us, how it's being used against us, and how can we reverse or overcome these issues that we're having. As we do so, that means that we have to be able to outpace the pace of oppression, outpace the pace of whatever a force is opposing you. So in dealing with that, the empirical concept is basically deriving from something through guided experience or experimentation. And why is that so so important? It's real important because it is through our experiences and it's through proper experimentation that you can come to know something, come to know how to measure, deal with, and resolve an issue. So with this first section here, what we want to deal with is the lifestyle of a modern victim buy-in. Now, what do I mean by that? A lot of times what we, we don't understand when it comes to being a victim as black people or dealing with oppression, period, is basically we have become uh, victim buy-ins. And by being a victim buy-in, that basically means a certain aspect of oppression have become 
in, inherit in our approach and our way in which we want to identify with ourselves as being Africans. And there are some negative connotations and some negative aspects of that. And so that's kind of what we're going to get into today. But before we address that, we want to first talk about the victimizers themselves so that we can better gauge and better know what we're dealing with and what we're up against. So we, we want to dive into that a little bit. So victimizers, one who will intentionally or non-intentionally benefit from the resource pool of those that are incapable of mounting a protective posture and are right to not operate from servitude or inferior position without the consequences of mass repercussions. So basically what we're talking about from this standpoint is someone who has the ability to, to enact racism, enact power, or anything on that level. The victimizers in this case of this address have built a self-perpetuating generational condition that privileged them to world power positions of comfort as a whole. This status is built around warriorhood, often cloaked in religious doctrines. They put the rituals of war first and all endeavors and undertakings, and that is one of the key things we have to realize. A lot of times we don't look at what we're dealing with as being an aspect of war, but it is warfare that is, that is truly the methodology which is being used. And a lot of people seem to think of warfare as, as simply, you know, uh, guns, um, uh, bombs, and things on, on that level. But we have to realize that warfare is an art. It's a strategy. It's a way of life. It's how you maneuver throughout life. And, it, 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 and a lot of times warfare is primarily fought from a psychological perspective first and foremost. And I think that's the biggest element and biggest key that seems to slip us is that we don't understand what war really is. So the science of warfare is taken with the utmost concern when they deal with it as it applies to the victimizer. This death-dealing practice was incorporated into religion to infuse a legacy to ensure future generations will add to the foundation which is necessary to maintain the structured empowerment above all others. That is how they come at us. This is why they have and continue to be in a position of dominance. Today, the war machine has reached into space and below the Earth's surface to form a net of enclosure which is capable of wiping out the planet and all highly evolved life uh, as a, a ledger of might. And this is, how they, this is the, the whole aspect of strategic warfare that, we, that we're facing and why nuclear weapons is so important as it applies to being a world power. It puts you in that position to where basically you have leverage to engage in commerce, land grab, resource extortion, political and religious dominance over the world. That's why they, the United States and other countries of, of, of world power don't want places like Iran have we, uh, uh, mass uh, weapons, what they refer to mass weapons of destruction. And the same thing is, is how they went in and attacked Iraq. We have to realize that basically, and in, in even dealing with Korea. So we have to realize that basically what's happening here is that those that are in a world power position want to maintain that position. And in doing so, you develop this weapon that is so horrendous that it would just basically, the, the fact that you own this weapon will prevent any other nation or any other power from even attempting, attempting to try to, 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 to come attack you on your, on your land on your souls. So that is the premises of strategic warfare. But what a lot of people don't understand when it comes to that, 
and endless flexing of strategic warfare is how these weapons are deployed and how strategic warfare is used. See, when it comes to the, the, the U.S. Navy, the whole point of a submarine is to actually go within, sit within certain low areas of the seabed in the ocean area and actually just act, wait armed with nuclear weapons, be ready at any given time to be able to strategically deploy them at any point anywhere around the world for the sake of that world power, as well as having the ability to deploy these weapons from a long-range perspective on, this, on, on the actual land of the country. So there is a lot that goes into that. But on top of that, understanding and knowing that, there is another layer and area that we have to cover within this. And it has to do with the psychological ap- applications and amplifications of how governments topple governments, how governments create chaos and havoc, and how they basically keep the people at bay in terms of being able to think on a certain level to, to where they understand that they're being attacked. And so in dealing with this, the only way to protect yourself from the transition uh, to being prey is isolation. We get that. Uh, Secretary advancement, building a defense capable of stopping a forward attack or having, and having a holistic approach of dealing with an attack culture that employs spies, monitoring for internal uh, uh, structural weaknesses, and constantly replenishing the command with loyal operational architects. Now, that's one of the aspects in understanding what we're dealing with, which makes our situation here as Africans within the United States so important. It's because a lot of times we don't look at things from the standpoint of operational architects. What, what that basically means is that we have to have the ability and we have to enact a practice of us building a society. So this is what we get at and what we mean when we talk when the People's Black Panther Party get into the concept of being a self-determined people. We have to be the architects and the designers of our operations of our methodology and of our works, of our lifestyle, of our land, every single thing. Because if you are not in control and if you are not the one designing, it's not just simply being in control of a, of a situation, but it's actually being the designer of that situation. And if we're not in that, if we're not reaching for that position, then we are not truly reaching for empowerment. And so when we say black power, what does that really mean? If we're not talking about empowerment and we're not talking about being self-determined. So in order to be that, we have to be operational architects. So an operational architect is a person that was brought up and trained to be in charge of a command structure, knowing that your foundation must be constantly developed and maintained, and we also must maintain the means to uh, put in place mechanisms that will always replenish yourself, which like I like to refer to things in terms of uh, natural, the natural environment. It makes it a whole lot easier for us to realize whether you're on the right course or not. And even with doing so, we like to go into what we refer to as cell theory. So in dealing with that, as you're dealing with being an, an architect, then you have to always be in a position when it comes to building your structure to renew the brain, the blood, the circuitry system, and even the bowel movement of the kingdom. And in speaking of the bowel movement, most people are unaware that this is an active part of maintaining power. It is about being able to extract the weakness and in, in anything that is excessive. That's what a bowel movement is, okay? So 
from a natural perspective, it's good to try to draw a parable so that you understand what's going on here. You want to always have a population of prey to feed upon, but the levels of supply can't be overgrown. The supply should meet the demand. And this is what they're dealing with as the victimizers when they come at us. So people, uh, this is called balance. We tend to not know how deep the interlocked of the serpent's den is because we don't get that. We don't see things from the overall perspective like that, and we're not looking at things from the, st- the, st- the standpoint of a grand architect. Um, so a great deal of secrecy goes into making sure the parts are not capable of seeing, um, yet alone in, in impacting the whole. And that's how they deal with us. And in, in dealing with that, there is a concept that they go into and that we definitely have to be aware of. And I want, I'm going to repeat this twice because I've got, got to make sure we understand what this is about. So one of the tactics that are used is called division, division targeting. I'm going to say that again, division targeting. What division targeting is, direct induced visual information source with inside of nothing. Directed induced visual information source inside of nothing. Division targeting. This is dispersed through the media feeds, a.k.a. television, radio, internet programming, all designed to provide you with a perspective, um, uh, basically provide you with your perspective. The science behind this works um, as such. Subliminal intrusive thoughts. What does that mean? Basically, subliminal intrusive thoughts is the act of injecting a target with a construct mental implant by way of communicating directly to the subconscious and later having the construct reoccur to the target as an original thought. So what's going on here? And this is one of the areas that we that a lot of us are not aware of in terms of the deployment of, of division targeting. What we're dealing with here, people, is the overload of technological advancement through social media. Through, we were all familiar with television programming and radio programming, but we have not looked at it for being for what it is and how these things impact and affect the mind. As they do so, it causes us to run in this position of being encapsulated within whatever it is that we're being exposed to, to the point to where a lot of times it affects our ability to even have an original thought. This also obviously is going to affect you on the level of being able to critically think because what's happening is you're being fed a process. You're being fed a way of doing something because you're being programmed in terms of how it's being portrayed. And like how we understand with movies when you deal with, especially dealing with sci-fi movies and, and talk about stunts and things of that nature, you realize that, hey, this is actually not that easy. But when they throw them sound effects on top of it and when they have people doing these superhuman events, what happens is it builds this construct in your mind in terms of, how it plays with the physics of what your mind actually thinks is possible. And this can be subliminally interjected on all types of levels. As it is done so, it affects your ability to be able to critically think, analyze, and decipher truth from fiction. And so this happens to us all the time. And we're all familiar with how, you know, you turn, you tune into the news media and, and you hear a story about something that happened in, in, in the neighborhood and how a story can be twisted. That's one thing. The deeper level of that is that the reality itself that we live in is being twisted and warped. 
And so much is happening in terms of being bombarded with these signals and these messages to where we become domesticated in our approach to even dealing with life as it is. So as we operate from a domesticated perspective, how is it then can you go back and deal with something and in terms of being an architect or a designer of it? when you're so caught up and trapped in how things are being projected and promoted in, in advance to you. So that's one of the big, very big aspects of this thing that we have to think about. So so few of us have even been exposed or, or even heard of the concept of division targeting. And so that's why I wanted to bring that to y'all attention, as well as the fact that the subliminal intrusive thoughts is how they use this to interject and come across to us. And going into this methodology here, the method here, uh, a program that can be applied via casual conversation on a small scale, wake or trans hypnosis, external sound or imaging projections, higher methods involve the use of technological deployments that focus on brainwave electrical signals and bypass the sensory input. And I, love, I know I may be throwing a lot at you, but the point being, we have to be thinking on a higher level. So. Hopefully, what I would like people to be able to do is go back and re-listen to this radio feed as much as you need to in order to start letting some of these concepts sink in. Because too much are we stuck in this nostalgic one-on-one phase as as uh, as a panther. We keep getting caught up in in basic aspects of history and basic aspects of definitions, basic aspects of who was who, but we don't practice enough in terms of getting deep in side of side of the operation that needs to take place and things that are being done to us on a subliminal and on a, a level that is not so obvious. And we again, we're being attacked from all sides. So as we're being attacked from all sides, we must be able to look at the empirical aspects of how this is being done. We have to employ scientific methods and methods of experimentation in terms of being able to identify the enemy. Because oftentimes what we think is an enemy or we think is an, an attack is a redirection of approach, simply means to create a distraction. A lot of the things that we deal with is just, again, feeding you back into nothingness. And that's what the whole point of, 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 of what that division targeting is, directed induced visual information source inside of nothing. Basically what it means, people, is that it keeps you spinning in a perpetual cycle on that hamster wheel of life that they projected and promoted. And this hamster wheel will have you, even if you think you're catching a glimpse of what's going on, you're still on that wheel and you're still running. So you may see something going down, but because you're so preoccupied with the process of the rat race or the hamster race, so to speak, that you can't even get off to engage directly into what's going on. And by the time you get off and engage into it, as you jump off that wheel, then you find out that you're stuck in a cage. <laughs> so what happens, people, is we have to think on a higher level. We have to realize what's really going on and be able to deal with this, Okay. Most of us don't know um, about the ideas of really what's going on when it comes to this, this type of study. So we have to deal with this. So the mind must also regulate what goes in and out as a result of how being hit with these waves and being hit with these sensory inputs. And since it, it is um, overexposed, 
on a pituitary on, on a, a perpetual day, I'm sorry, as we get it overexposed with our uh, media outlets, bombarded all the time, perpetually all day and out on a basis due to the intensity of radio transmissions or EMF, and frankly all sensory input all the time by unnatural means, our systems can't keep up with uh, up with it and stay and therefore stay compo- uh, uh, constipated. Going back to what we was talking about about a bowel movement, so. Applying this to how the mind operates, and all of your sensory inputs are basically just feeds into the mind, into the brain. If you've constantly been bombarded, again, all the time with so much information, so much input, the mind, the brain is not able to keep up with things because it never has time to go quiet. Mind you, EMF, radio waves, microwaves, all this stuff, emissions are constantly being bombarded across our sensory inputs. So our brain stays constipated. The effects of mental constipation plays out as PTSD, bipolar interception, or better known as schizophrenia. What does that mean, people? That means a lot of the times when we think that, you know, we always talk about how the black people got PTSD because of, of, of the conditions of oppression. Well, what creates these conditions of oppression? I mean, again, we always we tend to look at the surface level of the of this. But what I'm doing is trying to expose you to the deeper levels of what's going on. So the mind itself is constantly being bombarded with things that's happening and causing it to basically not be able to deal with the data flow of input and output. So our subconscious mind uh, takes all the sensory data. The brain channels only a small percentage of this data to our forward awareness neurons. One of the jobs of the brain is to decipher what should be brought forward and what should be processed away. Knowing that the brain can be tricked into channeling this information is used to inject specific response unknown to the target, and this is how they get us. This leads to the greater levels of human experimentation to the point of advancing the rate of data and overload occurs. That's that PTSD, people. Most of us heard of the Project MKUltra, but not have reviewed the papers that have been released about the project, which is super important, people. You can go find this information online. And when you start reading and researching and looking into just how in-depth the Project MKUltra was and other mind control experiments, it is mind-boggling, people. It is mind-boggling. And so what I'm bringing to you is a glimpse of the inside operations of what was going on. And this is, this is stuff that was happening back in the 60s, people. We all, we, we, we become so naive to think that experimentation was shut down when it was exposed. But just like in nature, when one species ends, another one takes over. So because so many of us are numb to the environment, we don't see the connections. Realize that, people, just because something is being exposed or, or, or like, like when we deal with police brutality now, is, you know, obviously it's through Facebook. One of the only, in my, my opinion, one of the only big benefits of Facebook is being able to stream live and catch things and being able to interconnect what is, already, what is happening. But unfortunately, too many of us think that this stuff has been increasing, and in fact, it has always been going down. The deal is, is our level of connectivity has increased. So it is our exposure across the board 
being, you know, it, not where it's just where, where it used to be up the street, we know this is going down. Well, now we know when it's happening across the world. That interconnection is what is changing. But the process of oppression is still the same and has not changed. And the only way it's going to change is when we establish enough empowerment to outpace the pace of the oppression that's being applied to us. This is actually basic physics. But we have to approach things from that way. And then to keep us further in the blind, they use something referred to as chaos objective algorithms, which is creating havoc and offering solutions. This practice is most often noticed in the political front, but uh, is the core strategy of the CIA and world powers in order to direct the population and assist with population balance. Again, this goes back to the bowel movement itself, people. So algorithms are in place, and a lot of times when people think that they're being provided a solution to a, a situation, you got to go back down to how did that problem become identified in the first place. And that's why I said we're going deep into the serpent's den, people, because as you start being more consciously aware and more of a critical thinker, you will start finding out that uh, oftentimes these solutions were drafted in order to create the problem in the first place, people. 911, the attacks on 911 is a perfect example without me even having to get into it. Do your own research. It is a well-known CIA trick that if I want to employ and, and use my agents to be able to infiltrate something, that I'm going to create a condition that will cause you to have to come to me for that support. And that is applied and played out all over the world, people. It is a basic tactic of warfare and strategy. Again, you're listening to the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination Radio Program. I'm your National Chief of Staff, Brother Robert War. Our National Chairman is Yanga. Our National uh, Director of Operations is Sister Seven Khadija. And I just wanted to, you know, uh, say that if, at any point, if you want to uh, press one to jump in, you can and ask some questions. Otherwise, I will continue and I'll go ahead. Again, you just simply press one to be added to the queue, and we can jump into something here. Now, that's going over the concept of what the victimizer is. So now let's talk about the victim determination because now we have to identify and start looking into who we are. So victim determination have undergone high levels of oppression, have taken advantage of as a result of a condition that did not allow one to have adequate defense to a situation, whether it be through form of physical, mental, social, economic, or political uh, deficiency. Or in recent past, as in the transitional plight from channel slavery to Jim Crow, onto the current circumstance of, of uh, legalized attacks under the guise of criminalization, terrorism, or black identity extremists. And that's super important, people, because we've here recently come into that era to where black identity, identity extremists has been another repackaging of COINTELPRO. That's, all it, that's basically all it is. But understand, going back to what we said, stated earlier, when one thing is exposed and you think that that program is shut down, all they basically do is repackage it and they come at you a different way utilizing the same maneuvers. So it is, COINTELPRO has never left us, folks. 
It was around during the Garvey era. Okay, it has never left us and it's been around. All we're doing is finding out about the exposures. But in order to maintain the grip of being in control of your population, you have to make sure that your prey, being the predator, the ones that are in control, the ones that are in charge of the power structure, they have to always make sure that their prey maintains the position of being a prey in terms of how the prey operates. The prey can never know its true value and can never know how the predator continues to harvest it and utilize it to its benefit. So this victimization has the ability to pull in sympathy. This ranges from the past and present experiences, whether it be uh, by direct or indirect relation. Oftentimes, this sympathy comes with benefits in the form of preferred selection, tokenism, discounts, and exceptions to a process. And these are the things that I'm talking about when we go into victim determination because, unfortunately, what happens is we end up wearing the badge of being a victim, people. And as we wear the badge of being a victim, we, we, we want to use those, those uh, positions to basically continually allow ourselves to be perpetually drawn in as the victim. And the problem with that, the obvious problem with that is that you basically soak in your condition. And not only do you soak in your condition, you don't create ways and avenues to come up out of that condition. And you become complacent in the fact that you accept the fact that you are a victim. And as you accept the fact psychologically what happens to you is that you paint yourself to be a victim further and further. And this is no different than what you deal with, what happens when you deal with an abusive spouse relationship. People ask all the time, well, how can such and such stay in that relationship when they're constantly being either physically abused or mentally abused? Well, it happens because <clears throat> what's mentally taking place is that the, vict- the victim oftentimes starts subjugating themselves psychologically to the concept of why they're in the position of being a victim. And that what happens is they sink within that condition so much so that it becomes an expectation that I'm going to always be a victim. Whether I try to disengage from this relationship or not, I am just going to be a victim. And so this plays on our psyche. This plays on our ability to be able to deal with life on life terms. And if we can't deal with life on life terms, this also goes back to that whole aspect of PTSD. This also goes back to why we engage and involved in so much forms of recreational uh, outlets. And so we have to be able to address this. We got a caller that I want to bring in. They call ID 6089. Go ahead, jump in. This is Sister Makita. Greetings, this is Sister Makita. How are you? Greetings, Sister. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the information. I have a question for you. What solutions do you suggest that we implement in order to come up out of this situation? I was trying to catch the different um, variables, but just trying to figure out a solution, something that we can pass on to the children and things that we can do as the older generation. Should we limit the amount of time that we're on social media? Should we block certain things? Should we monitor the type of energy that we're allowing to be around us? What should we do? 
Well, what what you're basically stating is 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 the obvious things that we have to do. The biggest mm-hmm. element that's being missed from that again goes back to us not realizing that we have to be critical thinkers, and so our, our ability to critically think has been attacked. And so a lot of the, the values that go along with being a critical thinker has basically eroded away from our brain structure and, our, and the way our neurons operate. So a lot of the information and details that I'm even providing here is just escaped us because think of the brain like any other muscle. It is programmed and it operates according to its, its input. So the output is based upon the input. So when certain things are constantly being bombarded and fed to the brain, it creates a certain type of output in terms of how the brain operates. A result of the overexposure and the way things are happening with social media, the way things are happening with how much television that we expose ourselves to, radio programming we expose ourselves to, it causes our mind, our brain to not critical think, but to be entertained and to be provided a way of processing information. And so when my brain is processed in a certain way, then it doesn't know how to even avoid and think for itself in a proper perspective. So going back to a solution, go ahead, sister. Okay. I do agree as far as the desensitization that they're doing with us and with our children. I'm just trying to figure out what specifically can we do to enhance our critical thinking capabilities. I know it's not critical, but I mean, like, let's say for someone who didn't understand that that's what's going on. As far as the subliminal messages and things like that. And that's why I'm exposing. To enhance our critical thinking, what we have to do is go back to a position to where we are reconnecting ourselves with the processes that occur naturally in nature and, and, and escape and get away from so much of the electronic exposure that, that we're dealing with. Now, when I say electronic exposure, mm-hmm. mind you that this world is wired. So we understand that we, especially like what's, what's happening with the 5G. So we understand that the EMF emissions, we can't necessarily escape. But you can control the amount of time you allow yourself to be plugged in. Because as you are mm-hmm. plugged in, what happens is, again, you are bombarded with certain types of, of ways of processing information. And I even give you a perfect example of something that's super simple. How often do we play board games anymore? You know, games like Monopoly. Oh, I'm old school. I'll do that. (laughs) Yeah, but see, you just said old school. You just said old school. Mm -hmm. Okay, a a lot of our children now, when when you you try to expose them to this kind of stuff, they they don't find it entertaining because there's not enough graphics involved. There's not special effects. All these things, again, that are provided for you. So when a person is playing a video game versus playing like a card game, the card game causes you, like if you're playing chess, it causes you to have to think steps ahead. It causes you to have to calculate, whereas a video game, all you're dealing with is, you know, up, down, push, right, left. So you're dealing with mental dexterity, but you're not dealing with critical thinking. Because the the effects in the environment and the special the special effects take over that, and you're being channeled so down a certain you, path. Okay. So would you encourage so kind of the family I'm unit? Yes. I'm sorry. Definitely. Would you definitely. encourage the family to unit to reintroduce 
game night and things like that to enhance the critical thinking of the youth that's in the household? Yes. Is that something we that you to. would encourage? Okay, because yes, that's something that I that. suggest a lot when I'm doing my family therapy. Those are ways yeah, for the but, family to reconnect and to enhance the critical thinking. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And that's the so thing I, that I was a lot of us hadn't to... realized that. A lot of us hadn't mm-hmm. realized that that is what's going on. When we do these type of things, we create positions of critical thinking engagement. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know what you're losing, then you don't understand the benefit of of going to that type of, of environment. Like the fact that most of us are not spending that type of quality family time anymore. So we don't know what we're losing out on. So we don't realize that we're becoming less critical thinkers. So we have to go back to past and think of, of, of deploying things that create critical thinking moments and, and, and get into the mind state and mindset of practicing critical thinking on a daily basis and identified as such. You know, obviously we okay. do critical thinking in terms of, of, of things that we have to do because we have to do it, but we don't apply that to the positions of being oppressed as a people. We simply apply that to basically being caught up in a rat race. When we critical think, a lot of times it's simply because I'm probably about to get fired on this job, so I got to think of, I got to think of a, a, a good way to, to work around getting fired. You know what I mean? Or Mm-hmm. Even going back to our educational system, a lot of times when we apply education, we're applying education only to the process of, of, of some type of economic gain. But we're not applying the process of critical thinking from the standpoint of being in positions of empowerment. So empowerment is the key here. So what we want to do is put ourselves in positions of critical thinking that lean uh, and lear us toward directions of empowerment. There's no simple, flat-out answer I can give you across the board other than the fact that what we have to do is engage in processes that cause us to critical think. By doing so, it causes us to be um, more in a position of being visionaries again. Okay, so so would you encourage family units to, just like right now, listening to the show and having that open discussion? learning and like, okay, well, let's question this. And why do you question it? Would you encourage that? Yes, that's an aspect of critical thinking. Mm-hmm. That, that's okay. exactly what that is. So let okay. me um, let me go ahead and get an, another caller to, to jump on and uh, continue listening right. in. And Thank please, you. by Love all means, no problem. All right. We have another caller coming in at, at uh, last four digits, 7244. Call it seven two four four. Hey, yeah, what's going on, brother? How you doing? All right. Who am I talking? To? Who am I talking with? This is Equine. Call him from South All Carolina. Right. Good deal, bro. So, what what's your question? Statement. Um, before you guys were talking about. Uh, the critical thinking It was something else that I wanted to chime in on That you guys were, were talking about But I was uh, You know had some stuff going on with my fans what, what, Before the young lady called in What was the, the, the uh, where, where were you at then brother I basically was going over The concept of being uh, of The victim and the determination victim. Right, which right, right, yeah, right Basically there's a role that we play And how we count up right, and playing right. the role Of being a victim 
Right, 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 right. And th- and that's that's why I want to kind of touch on that because you know, and and I think not too many times. I I guess the inorganic victim, you know what I'm saying, versus the organic victim. Mm -hmm. And and I guess inside victimization or being a victim or acknowledging that you have been a victim to something, you are, in my definition, you're acknowledging that something or someone has hurt you, right, That, that, that has been a fracture. Something has been broken somewhere. And so you have to look at it and then going back again to critical thinking, because in order to fix the problem, you do have to acknowledge that there was a problem. Even with being a victim, right. you could be a victim to, you know, got some women that have been victims to rape. You got some men that might have been victims to rape. But then you got some other men that might not have been victims to that. They might have been victims to uh, abuse. You got some women that beat on men. And some men that beat on women. So I think there are different types of victims or, quote, unquote, different types of people that have gotten hurt. And you're right. You don't want to stay in Waller in your hurt, but you do want to stay there long enough to acknowledge what you have been hurt by in order to now get you some repair. You know what I'm saying? For your hurt, because a lot of times, you know, we're doing that as well. We have been hurt, and we will insist that we haven't been hurt. You know what I'm saying? Almost like a slave, uh, a, a person that's been raped, and everybody saw her get raped, but she's like, no, she 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 hasn't get. You know, and 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 whenever we we uh, approach this situation, we would definitely have to know that there's some some type of uh, psychological airing or something that's going on. So critical thinking is the thing that is going to allow us to effectively evaluate our traumatic experiences and effectively come up with a resolve solution to those, uh, you know, to those problems and issues that have been plaguing us. Cool. Let me elaborate a little bit on this uh, for our listeners to uh, make sure we understand something because you threw some concept a concept out there that I didn't get get the chance to discuss and a lot of us not aware of. When you re- reference organic and inorganic, so when we're talking about an, uh, an an organic situation, when it comes to that, basically we're talking about something that can be a natural occurrence within within the environment. Again, talking about being a predator or a prey, an organic pre- uh, an organic experience as it applies to that was simply being in a position to where, like, like you're talking about now, being a woman, being of a lesser physical dominance in a society that is male-dominated, that would be an or- organic, organic position that will cause a set of circumstances that may allow that woman, so to speak, become a victim. That's the organic. The inorganic would be the injection of a situation to allow you or cause you to become a prey. So an example of the inorganic, again, goes back to what I was dealing with when I'm talking about elements of mind control, elements of being sabotaged and, and mentally manipulated, which is constantly what's happening to us as a result of us not being a self-determined people. So the, the process here um, is that I wanted to make sure people know that the essence of this conversation, the essence of where we're going, is based upon 
us being a self-determined people. So the critical thinking that we're jumping in on and, and, and that we're, the plight that we're having is to direct us in the position of being self-determined. Now I want to go to um, our chairman who wants to jump in on the line. Brother Yanga, by all means, please jump in, sir. No problem to the people. Uh, man, very serious conversation. I'm glad I had a few a few moments to jump in. I like where the brother was going. And, um, you know, and i like for you guys to expound a little bit more. But I'm gonna, let me add this. Being a victim, I want us to understand my, um, my point of view, where I'm coming from, with it. Being a victim is not the crime. You know, a lot of times, like the brother said, we get victimized. And it's a society. It's this uh, lone maverick, Rambo, super tough-ass uh, farce of a society that we've been given, especially men and black men that tell us that being a victim is synonymous with being weak. You know, I don't think that women ask to be raped. You know, I don't think that people ask to be robbed at their homes to be burglarized. Being a victim is not the crime in itself. I think so, like uh, Chief is saying, when we talk about from a self-determinist aspect and really do a scientific or so really scientific social analysis of what we need as a people, breaking that down, saying what's best for us as a people, we have to factor in the traumas, and we have we are and have been a victimized people. Now, some people that make them turn tail and tuck, it makes them frightened. You see them turn into very extreme introverts. They're scared to come out of the home. Some people it makes extremely violent and defensive, and everything is in the front and confrontational, and it's, you know, a fight or flight. It's, my, you know, life or death situation. They turn a mountain out of and they make a mountain out of a molehill. So we're looking at these psychological, a lot of psychological traumas that we deal with in building a healthy society. I think that uh, when we talk about the People's Black Panther Party for self-determination, these are one of the things when you say, well, what makes this formation a little different? We not only is our long-term goal, our land and our um, independence and self-determination physically, economically, politically, and socially, but in the meantime, in between time, we're working on these psychological and emotional Eels um, that hinder us, the self-inflicted things, the things that we're not downplaying the damage done, but we're saying let's look at how we're healing. Let's look at the healing process and how that affects our um, social interactions and just our day-to-day processing and decision-making. All power to the people. All power to the people, Chairman. So dealing with critical thinking on a self-determined perspective, like the chairman is getting into. I'm not exposing, I'm not bringing these things up as a point of uh, trying to get us to basically waddle around it. But what it's doing is I want us to recognize the fact that, yes, we are victims, and yes, these things happen, have happened to us, and there are certain consequences of being in positions of being a victim. But more so, the idea is to expose you to the deeper levels of being a victim. Again, I use some of the examples and, and some of the examples that are being thrown out there are the, the obvious examples. But this is why I, I went into the aspects of letting you know about how things are socially um, socially happening to us from a subconscious level which bombards our mind all the time to the point to where our levels of critical thinking as a whole, as a collective, 
has been destroyed and eradicated to the point that it is retarded to some degree, which is why we don't see ourselves in the position of being able to be in charge as a people. This is the, these are the byproducts of being domesticated. When you boil it and break it all the way down, that is exactly what we're dealing with, being a domesticated people. Well, how do we become domesticated? So the process of dealing with being the victim at this day and age is what we have to come up out of. And trust me, the prey does not want the predator, I'm sorry, the predator does not want the prey to flip the table and become in charge of his own. But that is exactly what we have to do. What we must do is recognize what has been done, like the chairman has said, and move to a position of critical thinking that allows us to be self-determined. In order to do so, we have to break away from a lot of the habitual patterns that have set in and caused us to lose certain aspects of critical thinking. And that is the reason of this exposure right now is to let us know this because, again, if you don't know how an enemy is attacking you, you would not be able to form a proper defense against it. So just using the example of, of, of you know, of spouse abuse was a surface level type of victimization that happens based upon a condition or environment that you're in. But on a deeper level, as a collective, people, we are being socially controlled in a position to where they make sure that our ability to have vision in terms of directiveness that we ought to be reaching toward to create the concept of black empowerment, they want to make sure that we don't have the ability to critical think and think on that level, on that grand of a scale. And let's be honest about this. The position of them not wanting us to do it is because this is the monster of a capitalistic environment. This is a monster of a of big government from the standpoint of making sure, and everyone knows this one particular fact, that black, the Africans here in the United States are the largest consumers of products across the globe. But we are the ones that own the least. So from that position of, of capitalistic uh, stakeholder, being a capitalistic stakeholder, they want to make sure that they continually invest in the position of making sure we maintain being a consumer so that they can continually feed their products and, and, and capitalize off of it. That's what it is. But when we are in control of our own, when we are actual ones that are thinking to the position of being um, – self-determined, then that changes the whole game. It changes the game. And so the system itself would collapse. And the position that we're taking here is not a direct destruction of their system, but we want to build our own system. And in doing so, you have to start with how the mind operates, how the mind conditions itself to be able to see things for what they are. And we're coming down to the last four minutes of the program. And what I want to make sure y'all understand and leave y'all with within this program is this is us basically simply going down the what we refer to as the serpent's hole or the or the rat or, or the snake's den. And I, I say that because so many people have heard this cliche of dealing with the rabbit hole. 
okay? But how often, though, how many people have actually even encountered a snake's den? It is a scary sight. So putting things back in perspective of nature, dealing with a den where you have discovered this pool of hundreds of snakes all wrapped up, intertwined with one another, coercing their operation is phenomenal to most people. Very few people have experienced a snake's den in nature. But all of us have encountered a snake or two, you know, on, on our day-to-day path of life. But we didn't realize that at some point them snakes all huddle up and they all work together to make sure things have a certain level of operation. And so our perspective and goal here, People's Black Panther Party Radio today, is to start the conversation, the generation of dealing with things from the perspective of being self-determined, recognizing the patterns of behavior that are happening with us psychologically that causes us to not be able to recognize certain types of oppression on a deeper level and form a proper defense against it on our day-to-day lives and our day-to-day way of living. So therefore, our future generations can have a proper chance to deal with outpacing the pace of oppression. This goes into what we refer to as generational advancement, people. Again, in the very beginning, I talked about the fact that things are perpetuated way in advance. So we have to also do the same thing. As one of the colleagues was coming in asking for the solutions, I'm getting into the aspect of how we need to re-engage ourselves from the position of critical thinking so that we can ignite our, our operation to be critical thinkers again. It is a process. There is no one quick statement I can throw out there to you and make you say, oh, that's what's going down. But there is a process. And as we go through this process together through our radio shows, the People's Black Panther Party radio, then we will start assisting with doing our due diligence to take us down that track that we need to go to so that we can be elevated as a people. So with that being said, I wanted to end tonight's program by saying all power to all people, black power and black empowerment. We are working toward black empowerment, people. Let's be critical thinkers. Move forward. 